Runoff, a crime novel about election fraud, evokes a curious timelessness of classic detective fiction. A noir gem, says Mystery Scene Magazine. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 5. Pajama Chat Lucky Charms used to be one of my favorite breakfast cereals, but General Mills ruined it for me when they began messing with the recipe. Adding purple horseshoes, red balloons, tricolored rainbows, etc. to the original marshmallow lineup of pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, and green clovers. Imagine how pleased and surprised I was then, when I found boxes of factory seconds containing only frosted oats and orange stars at the local Smart and Final. I snapped up two cases of them and have been enjoying a breakfast experience that harkens back to a simpler time ever since. Preparing a big bowl the morning after my interview with Kittredge, I found the milk had gone bad, so I had to float the cereal on orange juice that itself was a week past its expiration date. The juice tasted okay, but it did clash a bit with the orange stars, which were a paler yellow-orange color. I was halfway through the bowl, and nearly all the way through the Chronicle article on Bowman's death. SF election director murdered, first attack in City Hall since Moscone shot, when my cell phone rang. I traipsed across the room to snag it from the coffee table, and then returned to sit at the folding card table where I ate my meals. I saw the calling number had been blocked, but flipped open the phone to answer anyway. This is Reardon. Mr. Reardon, this is Laura Lee. I got your number from your secretary. Given Bowman's death, I wasn't surprised the dragon lady was calling, but something about talking to the woman, even over the phone with her at least a couple of miles away, made me sit up straighter. Uh, no problem. What can I do for you? It's nearly ten. I was expecting to find you at your office or out working on the investigation. Your secretary says she doesn't know where you are. I hope not at home lounging around in your pajamas. I looked down at the green and white check pattern of my J.C. Penney pajamas and fingered the low thread count cotton. No, I said. No, of course not. Professor Ballou tells me you rescheduled your appointment with him. May I ask why? It's pretty simple. I wanted to get the perspective of the guy who actually runs elections for the city before I talked to anyone else, so I moved the appointment. I see. I had a conversation with a Detective Kittridge this morning. He seems, by the way, to start his workday much earlier than you. He suggested that the reason you went to see Bowman was because you doubted my assertion that there was fraud in the last election. Not exactly, she rode right over me. And having tried to see Director Bowman and found him dead, do you now take the idea of election fraud more seriously? And was this newfound certainty worth broadcasting my business to the police?
I picked up the cereal spoon and swirled the remaining Lucky Charms in the bowl into an angry orange whirl. Look, Mrs. Lee, the reason your interest in the election is known to the police is because Jerry Bowman is dead. The cops aren't stupid. They would have had to investigate the possibility of a political motivation for the murder. And the fact that you had discussed your doubts with Bowman would certainly have come up, through his staff or from his appointment calendar. Her voice took on a new shrillness. Are you insinuating in any way, shape, or form that I had motivation for harming Bowman? Simmer down, I said, and dropped the spoon into the bowl. The momentum of the orange juice caused the handle to sweep around the rim like a second hand. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying your interest would have become known in the normal course of the investigation, even without my involvement. Besides, I believe you have a pretty important friend in the department who will make sure your business stays private. The line was silent for a moment, and then she said, Perhaps, in a cooler tone. It was clearly time to seize the initiative before she wound herself up again. I said, You implied it earlier, but just to get it out on the table, do you believe the murder is politically motivated? Of course. The stakes are very high, and you would do well to take that to heart. If Bowman was killed for what he may have learned about the fraud, or to stop him from revealing his own part in it, it's entirely possible someone investigating will be putting themselves at risk. You're making this sound like a very dark and sinister conspiracy. Who's behind it? Padilla? The dragon lady didn't quite snort. Not him personally. He's just an overgrown boy who got a law degree from Stanford and decided to dabble in politics. But like any candidate, he's supported by people with particular agendas. Special interests, as they say. Some of the people in his camp have some very strongly held beliefs, and they are prepared to do whatever it takes to advance them. This is the Green Party we're talking about. You think they're going to kill to advance the cause of recycling? You're being naive, Mr. Reardon. The left has a history of violence at least as checkered as the right. Remember the Symbionese Liberation Army? I don't remember what they stood for, except that they demanded food for the poor as ransom for Patty Hearst. What do you think these special interests in the Green Party want? The Dragon Lady laughed. You live in San Francisco and you can't guess? What's the most precious resource in the area? Real estate. Housing. She laughed again. Yes, housing. That's the first time in this conversation I've heard anything to give me hope that I haven't wasted my $5,000 retainer. I suggest that you keep housing, or the lack of it, in mind as you continue your investigation. Now I'm going to let you go so you can get back to work. Please don't miss your appointment with Professor Ballou again. I pushed the cereal bowl away. The Lucky Charms had assumed an unappetizing, bloated appearance. I'll be there with bells on. Good. One last thing. I see you are in the paper two days in a row. My name wasn't mentioned in the Bowman article. No, it wasn't, she said. Look on page A24. She clicked off and I folded the phone and set it to one side. It took me a while to find it but page A24 had a six-cent squib near the bottom with the headline, 
ATM bandit strikes again. Taunts would be bounty hunter. The text described the hijacking of a teller machine in the Sunset District and noted that I had prevented an attempted theft the night before. The last paragraph reproduced the note the bandit had left on the platform where the ATM had stood. Little Augie Reardon, another ATM for me and still no reward for you. Next time, don't bring rocks to a tractor fight. Your pal, Red. I hated it when people called me Augie. I spent the next hour with the Yellow Pages, drawing up a list of bank branches that might be vulnerable. I wasn't finished with Red yet. You have been listening to Runoff, a book hard-boiled great James Crumley described as a smart, funny, spooky, often touching, always entertaining romp. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com.